The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty, proudly serving Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties. Call 407-790-9957 or visit WeSellOrlando.net. Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast Summer Sessions. I'm Jeff Sharon, along with Eric Lopez, and we continue with our summer sessions here with uh, diving in a little UCF baseball. Eric Lopez, you've been out and about. We saw you hanging out with um, Shelby Turnier from UCF, uh, formerly of UCF softball, currently of the Chicago Bandits, um, doing some work out there uh, with uh, against the USSA Pride. But when we talk about UCF pitching in general, there's one guy who kind of starts it all with this most recent generation of UCF baseball, and that is Mike Marath, the former um, MLB pitcher. And you caught up with him recently for this most recent summer session, Elo. So uh, why don't you tell us uh, how it all came about and what you guys talked about? Yeah, that was cool to catch up, get a chance to talk to Mike Marath, of course, who pitched in the late 90s for UCF, was at UCF from 96 to 98. We ended up being a third-round draft pick for the Boston Red Sox, played in the major leagues with the Detroit Tigers, uh, as well as the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, and I had a chance to talk to him because he's actually close to UCF now. He's actually in the Central Florida area. He's in his first season as the pitching coach for the Florida Fire Frogs, who is this affiliate minor league team for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he's been a minor league coach. He was in the minor league uh, coaching with the Detroit Tigers minor league system. He's, this is in his first year with the Fire Frogs, who they play up at Osceola. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of seized the opportunity to get a chance to talk to Mike Maroth because, you know, I've been curious. You know, I'm like, wow, Mike Maroth. I mean, there's a guy, you know, we kind of get spoiled with all the guys in the, you know, drafted so high. I mean, Mike Maroth was a third round pick. I remember when I moved to Orlando in 2000, you know, Mike Maroth was a huge name at that time at UCF because he had just gotten drafted a couple years earlier. Mm-hmm. He was in the system. And that was right at the heyday there with UCF baseball under Jay Bergman. Of course, you had Jason Arnold, Justin Pope to follow right after that. But uh, Maroth, and really, I think people may not realize this, with the success that a lot of UCF baseball guys are having in baseball in general, as we talked to, as I talked to Mike about. I mean, you've got Chad Matola, for example, who's the hitting coach this year for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yep. Uh, you got Mike Maroth in the system. Maroth talks about. Uh, other guys in that are playing, like Danny Winkler, a former pitcher at UCF. He's currently on the Braves' big league roster. So there's a lot of storylines with the baseball players, alums, either coaching or playing from UCF this summer. So I, you know, it was cool to catch up with Mike to talk about what got him into coaching. And and interestingly enough, he still follows UCF very closely. As a matter of fact, as you'll learn, uh, you, Jeff, and Mike were in the same place on New Year's Day. Yeah, that's right. We were both at the Peach Bowl. He talks about that a little bit, and uh, and plenty more. So this is really good. I think you, uh, all you UCF baseball seam heads out there, are going to really like this one. So, just a quick reminder before we go to the interview: remember to follow us at blackandgoldbanneret.com and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Banneret. I'm at Jeff underscore Sharon. Follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo, and you can also follow uh, Brian Murphy at Spokes underscore. Murphy and hit us up on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash black and gold banneret and subscribe to this podcast if you don't already on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, 
and tune in. All right, let's dive right in. Here's Eric Lopez with and his interview with former UCF and Major League pitcher Mike Maroth. And joining us now here on the Black and Gold Banneret podcast, of course, he's a UCF alum, of course, was a great pitcher here for the Knights from 96 to 98, was a third-round pick of the 98 MLB draft by the Boston Red Sox, played in the major leagues with the Detroit Tigers and the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, and now currently is in his first season as the pitching coach of the Florida Fire Frogs. And, uh, of course, I speak of Mike Maroth, who joins us here. And, uh, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing, doing pretty good. You know, just in the uh, middle of the season grinding. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about the, the Fire Frogs. This is your first season with them. Tell us a lot about how you came about to joining the Fire Frogs and really being coming back home, I mean, being the, here in the Central Florida area. Well, after I retired from playing, I was fortunate enough to actually start a coaching career seven years ago with the uh, the Tigers. And I was in the same league with uh, the Lakeland team, the Flying Tigers, uh, for a few years and, and uh, bounced around over there. And then I had an opportunity to, uh, to come over to the Atlanta Braves organization, which they're based out of Disney right there in, here in Orlando. Uh, you know, it's not far from home. So I've been fortunate. Six of the seven years that I've been coaching now, uh, I've been able to, to live at home. And in professional baseball living at home and uh you know playing season coaching seasons is is unheard of so I've been very fortunate to be able to do that what was it that interested you in getting into coaching and who influenced you who were some of the influences of people that maybe you went into there were coaches that maybe influenced you to get into coaching well I think just all the coaches along the line that you know impacted my career and uh, had a big influence on me uh, but to be honest with you, when I was playing, even towards the end of my career, even after I decided to retire, it wasn't just a, a, an easy transition into coaching where it's like, okay, I know I want to go into coaching. Um, honestly, when I was playing all the way till the end, I never saw myself coaching. I, I told myself that once I was done playing, that was it. I was moving on and that I, had no, I didn't have any intentions of coaching. And then all of a sudden the opportunity to stay at home and, and be the coach, uh, pitching coach um, with the Lakeland team uh, where the Tigers came up. And I said, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot, see if I like it. And uh, that first year, I mean, I was pretty much hooked, uh, just being able to help the young players and use the experience and the influences that I had uh, from coaches and to be able to share that with, with young players, just, you know, following the same path that I once had uh, when I was younger. Uh, it just, it, it, all came together and it's definitely I got a passion for it that I didn't even know I had describe what it's like coaching in in minor league baseball whatever levels you've you've done different levels you mentioned uh with Lakeland and so forth even to the present with the fire frogs what what uh, describe that what the lifestyle well I mean it's it's totally different than the major leagues uh it's really a grind you know the the players uh do not make a a lot of money uh they're pursuing their dreams they're trying to, to get up there and it's a grind. You know, all of them are away from home for the most part. Uh, very few have the opportunity to be at home and, and play in the same city that they're from. Uh, that is extremely rare, rare, just like I said with coaching. Uh, you know, so they're away from home. They're young. Uh, they're pursuing their dreams. Uh, some are from high school. Some are from college. And uh, they're all on the same path to the big leagues and just trying to, to work their way up and, and develop and uh, make, it, uh, make it up there to the big leagues. You mentioned, of course, your playing career. You played in the big leagues uh, with the Detroit Tigers and the St. Louis Cardinals. You were a third-round pick in 1998 by the Boston Red Sox. Describe that feeling when you were drafted in the third round and uh, your emotions there. 
Well, honestly, it's kind of kind of stunned. I was really, uh, you know, I knew it was going to get drafted. At least it, it looked like it. But until it actually happens, you know, you just you never know. And so uh, you hear all kinds of different things. You know, a lot of speculation on on where you may go. And uh, when I got the phone call, it was kind of surreal. I mean, it, it, the moments you take that phone call and they tell you that, and it's like what you've been waiting for. And it's like, okay, is this really happening? It's, you know, almost kind of feels like a, a dream come true. And uh, you're not sure if you're going to wake up or not. Um, you know, so it, it takes a while for the sinking. And I would say that a lot of times in my career, even, you know, my major league debut, I mean, it takes a while for some of those things to, to really sink in. Uh, because as soon when you the, the moment you experience it, it takes a while to, to kind of really realize that you're, you're there. And so you get you get drafted. I mean, it, when you were in that going into that draft, were you thinking, "Hey, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna probably go pro no matter what"? You, did you wait? I mean, you, you said you were surprised that he, that obviously once you got drafted the third round it was a no brainer. Hey, this is a chance to go pro. But would, did you have any preconceived thoughts about hey maybe I'll I'll either you know, come back to college. Maybe I'll just continue to play pro regardless where I'm drafted. What what kind of mindset was going into it? Because that's always the tricky part, right? When you get into these baseball yeah. drafts, it's so unpredictable with so many rounds. It is. It is. And uh, really, I just kind of left the door open. Um, I wanted to be open-minded about it. I knew that typically after your junior year, which was where I was at that point, um, if you get drafted there, that's usually your best opportunity to, to go professional as far as leverage, uh, you know, that was my, I always wanted to, to be able to, to move on to the professional level. Um, you know, but I also knew I had the option of going back to school. So no matter where it fell, I knew that, uh, my senior year was in front of me, uh, and I would play at UCF if, if it didn't work out. Uh, but my, my goal and my mindset was, it was really kind of on the draft, hoping that I would, I would go to where, uh, you know, it was a, a situation where it was a good opportunity for me, for me to get into professional baseball and being in the third round, it was, uh, then it's just about trying to work it out. We were able to work, work through it. But, uh, once I, once it was the third round, I mean, at that point, um, it was, it pretty much was, was, I don't want to say a guarantee, but it was like, okay, well, um, now is my time. So I'm going to take a, a chance at pro ball. This is definitely a good opportunity and I, I better go ahead and do it. You spent two seasons with the Red Sox organization. You played at Single A Sarasota uh, organization. You got traded to the Tiger organization before the start of the 2000 season. What is that like? You're playing in the minors, and then you find out, hey, you're being dealt to another organization. <laughs> uh, once again, it's almost a surreal moment. But I'll tell you, it's one of those moments, though, that I'll never forget. I'll take you back to uh, the, the exact moment um, that I was ended up getting traded. I pitched that night. Uh, we were in Sarasota, and I had pitched that night, and I was coming back uh, after getting some dinner to, to come back to, to settle for the night, call it a night. And uh, my roommate, which was one of my teammates, had the phone in his hand, and I was coming out saying uh, the manager was on the phone and wanted to speak to me. And that was the trade deadline of that year. It was Actually, that night was a trade deadline. It was at midnight, and he was calling me right at midnight. So I was one of the last trades in that year at the trade deadline. And, uh, so he's, he's walking out on the phone, answering it. And he, he let me know that I had been traded, uh, before, before that day started at the field. I remember, uh, pitching coach saying that, uh, none of us had to worry about anything. We weren't really in any talk, so you don't have to worry about it. And then next thing you know, it here we are at midnight and I'm 
got a phone coming towards me with, uh, with a manager telling me that I've been traded. So, uh, you know, your first thought is, oh man, you know, it's, this team didn't really want me around and, and then you kind of have mixed feelings because they're like, okay, well, obviously there's a team that wants me. And, you know, it was, it was one of those things where you kind of had to look at the, the positives and there was definitely positives there. And I think there always is with a trade um, because you wouldn't be trading. You wouldn't go to some, some other organization unless they wanted you. And then also was traded for uh, an established big leaguer at the time. It was a one for one trade. So, you know, the other positive for me was like, okay, well, I'm getting traded for a big league. And here I am, just a minor league kid, you know, with a with a year of experience. So um, they definitely must want me if they're going to trade one of their big league players for me. So it obviously worked out from that point forward. Ended up getting an opportunity with the Tigers and played many years with the Tigers. So, uh, was, you know, it ended up being a, a great thing for me. Yeah, that major leaguer was Bryce Flory uh, that was in that trade. So you go to the Tigers, yeah. you played at single A Lakeland. Uh, you moved up eventually to AAA with the Toledo Mudhens by 2001. And then you finally you got the call up uh, after, you know, in 2002. Or right. I think, and describe that feeling when you got the call that, hey, you're coming up to the big leagues. Well, there was speculation that, uh, that I was getting the call up, and I had been pitching well. It was two months into my second year with Toledo. I was there in 2001, and then I repeated in 2002, which Toledo being the – triple-A level, which is a level right under the big leagues. Uh, the first two months of the season, I had I sold off really well and was really just pitching extremely well. And so, I, I, of course, it's on your mind. I also learned from my season from 2001 not to, to worry about things you can't control. And, you know, when am I going to get my chance? And I, I focused too much on that, I felt like, in 2001. And one of the things that I was able to do in 2002 was just focus on what I could control, and that was my pitching. And so, as I kept pitching well, I kept just telling myself focus on that and then uh you start hearing speculation that hey you're gonna get get a chance and uh your name's you're get, gonna start up there and then all of a sudden you know you get the phone call and i tell you that uh, you're getting called up to the big leagues once again it's one of those moments it takes a little while for it to sink in because you spend so many years and uh really decades just trying for for every step along the way that it, it's kind of starts uh, taking place, you know, it's, you know, you see, you know, that you got to go in it just kind of work your way up. And at that moment, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, one of those phone calls where you don't have much to say. Just, okay. Yes. Sounds good. You know, and then you gotta you get off the phone and, uh, what just happened? Did that really happen? And so, um, definitely a, a great moment. A tremendous moment in the does going through that playing in the minors and knowing you know all the emotions that a minor league baseball player goes through as far as learning the game, uh, the teaching aspect of it, and then knowing okay, am I getting traded and getting called up? Does how does that help you now in coaching these guys who want to end up being in the big leagues? Well, just knowing what they're going through, um, that's a, the greatest thing about. Uh, you know, being able to, to take my experience and share it with these guys. Uh, I've, I've been where they've been and, um, you know, all the way to where they're trying to go. So uh, with that experience, uh, I'm able to share it and, and know exactly what they're going through, highs and lows, uh, you know, and, and it really helps as far as from a coaching standpoint and being able to point them in the right direction. Now, of course, this all got started when you were at UCF. Uh, what was it that uh, led you to decide to play college baseball at UCF? Uh, it kind of, it was actually a late decision. It was actually over the summer going into my, uh, my freshman year. 
I decided to, to go to UCF. Um, I've been talking with UCF for months. Uh, in, in the, I talked, started talking to him in the fall, into my senior year, and here there's some interest, and kind of, kind of went dry, and I ended up uh, committing to Florida, but I was just going to be a, a walk-on, so um, I was going to take my chances and go there, and uh, then I get ended up getting a, a phone call again from UCF, and, and just kind of kind of re- restarted the uh the talks just saying you know hey uh we still would love to have you and um you know started talking and it just made sense for me to to have the opportunity to go to UCF and play as opposed to taking my chances going to Florida and, uh you know I wanted to play at uh division one school for sure and somewhere close to home and um you know so once the the UCF opportunity came up uh, I decided to take it and, and to be honest with you at the time one of the, the big factors that, that played into it was UCF was ranked higher than Florida was the year before that. That was the year that they had won 29 games in a row in, in 96. Um, you know, so they made a, a, a big push there um, and had a great season. Uh, so really that kind of played into to my decision too. So That's pretty wild uh, that yeah. you came that close. Uh and and, with, and people, the some most of our audience may not be aware of this. Back then, UCF did not have the on-campus baseball stadium that they do now. The, the baseball stadium that's on campus currently was uh, built uh, and opened in 2001. Describe for the audience where UCF back then was playing their games and what was that like? Well, uh, we were playing on the other side of campus, and and the campus has completely changed uh, from when when I was there. Uh, it's it's amazing now. Um, you know, back when I was there, there was, it was completely different. You know, there wasn't a lot of the things that, that are there now. We were on the other side uh, of the campus where the intramurals, I believe, are the intramural fields are. Um, and it wasn't a, a nice thing. There was is more. You could probably compare it more to a high school field than a, than a Division one high, uh, college field, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, so it's it's definitely been upgraded from from then to now. Uh, but uh, like I said, you know, the, the team, I knew the team was good and it was going to be competitive. I was a division one school and be playing gets good competition. And so regardless of the, the field it was close to home and uh, just, it made sense for me. And, and uh, you know, I, I enjoy my time, obviously the, the guys that I was with, uh, we play playing on those fields is a lot different, but uh, I think there's something special about that. All right, stick around. We'll be back with more with Mike Maroth after this. The Black and Gold Banneret Podcast is brought to you by the Unger Real Estate Group, powered by EXP Realty. Sam Unger and his team proudly serve Orange, Seminole, and Lake Counties, specializing in buying, selling, and new construction. Sam is a proud UCF graduate, class of 2006, and he's such a dedicated Knight fan that right now, If you work with him as your realtor, he will donate a portion of his commission to the UCF Football Excellence Fund in your name. So if you're ready to buy a new home or sell your current home, upgrade or downsize, Sam and his team have you covered so you can find the right home at the right price in the right location. So give him a call right now at 407-790-9957. Again, that's 407-790-9957. Or visit on the web at WeSellOrlando.net. Again, that's WeSellOrlando.net. You can also reach them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WeSellOrlando. 
Get in touch with the Unger Real Estate Group today and make finding your dream home a reality. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF Sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF Sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Let's get back to Eric Lopez's conversation with former UCF and Major League Baseball pitcher and now the current pitching coach for the Florida Fire Frogs, Mike Maroth. Describe the feeling that first time you decided at this point to go to UCF. But when was the first time you stepped on for a first practice as a UCF player uh, this, do you remember that? And what was that like? Of course, Coach Bergman was the coach at the time. Uh, and you mentioned the facilities, how they were back then. But describe that day. What was it? A fall, was it the fall night? What was it? Ninety six. Yeah. 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 It was. It was the you know the, the fall season where we go out there. Uh, I believe it started probably at the beginning of September. I got out there. Obviously, I was nervous. I'm you know, going out there, completely new team. Didn't know a lot. You know, a lot of the guys just from the only the only time I knew them was was really. Um, the interaction we had, whether it was before, you know, like in classes or um, just getting together, uh, you know, so we didn't really have too much interaction on the field until then. Um, so I was definitely nervous going out there. I knew that uh, I was the young kid. And, um, I just remember, obviously, the, the guys being two or three years older and, and a lot lot more mature physically than I was. Uh, so I knew what going into it, I was going to have to put in a lot of work. And you know, you, you describe this, the, your career at UCF. How would you describe it? And what were some of your favorite moments uh, from your time at UCF? You were part of a team that won was it, what was back then, I think, called the TAC Championship. It's now yes. referred to as the A-Sun. Uh-huh. Uh, and you got to make the NCAA <laughs> tournament appearance. Well, can describe those that, that time. Well, it was great. I mean, like I said, it was just how I thought when, when I went there that I was going to have good competition. Uh, it's going to be competitive. We're going to play against good competition, and we're going to be able to compete too, and be able to play at that level. And uh, we were. We you know we ended up winning the tack. We ended up going on to, to play in um, the tournament a couple of years. Um, the year that we didn't was my junior year, and we probably had, were more talented that year than we were the two previous years. Which you know we just, in my mind, uh, underperformed that year, but uh, came up just a little short of the uh, the tournament. Um, but uh, you know, it was a great competition and, and enjoyed it. There's, you know, the moments obviously of winning any kind of championship is, is priceless. Uh, and just be able to experience that, um, you know, we played against some of the, you know, the top schools in the, in the, uh, the country. Um, you know, it seemed like every year we were ranked in the top 25. So very competitive. Um, and, you know, it, Definitely look, remember all the times that we played some of that higher competition because it gave us a chance to prove ourselves. 
I believe, yeah, and you played in the, what was it, of course, no surprise. You see a baseball fans wouldn't be surprised. The Tallahassee Regional, you got sent to Tallahassee, which it seems like <laughs> almost every UCF baseball team gets sent to. Um, oh, yeah. What was that feeling like to play at Dick Cowser Stadium against the programs like Florida State and, and the teams that were in that regional? That was good. I mean, it's, it's where you want to be. You want to play against the best. And, and like I said, we're always out to prove something because UCF kind of got overlooked a lot. And uh, so anytime we had a chance, especially to play one of the Florida schools, um, it, it gave us an opportunity to, to kind of to prove who we were and that, uh, you know, we could beat anybody. Um, unfortunately, we, uh, we fell short in those regionals. Um, we never moved on. And it, they've changed their format now to where there's more teams and you have the super regionals. Back then, it was, it was set up differently. Uh, and so um, you went from the regional straight to the College World Series. You had to win your regional. So it's a little bit more difficult, in my opinion, back then, because you had six teams you're going up against, uh, even though there wasn't a super regional. So um, definitely a different format now than it was back then. And I believe you were used as a starter and as, as a reliever at times, right? It was kind of depending on the circumstances. I mean, describe how you were used and in, in, in any games that stood out as far as your pitching career against any of the, 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 from your UCF career. Right. Well, I mean – you know, if I look back at my, my three years, you know, you come in, like I said, I had knew I had to work hard, had to prove myself. And it took a while for me to get an opportunity my freshman year to prove myself. But when I did, uh, it, was, it was later in the year that I started getting a chance to pitch. Well, I started pitching well and uh, made a pretty good impact and influenced uh, the coaches as far as knowing that I could go out there and compete. So that set me up well for, uh, you know, my sophomore year and continued just to develop when played in summer leagues over the summer in Virginia and uh, just continue to try and get better. Uh, sophomore year, got more playing time. I ended up, you know, starting some games, kind of split time there. Uh, then my junior year uh, was one of the starters. Uh, and unfortunately, right in the middle of the season, I ended up getting uh, mononucleosis, which impacted my, my junior year, right, literally right in the middle of the season. So I ended up missing about six weeks of the season um, because of the mono. Wow. And he had to overcome that. And, and, and that's part of it, right? When you're playing as a player, you have to co- overcome adversity, which I'm sure is the message you tell some of your players sometimes that you're not going to be, uh, it's not ever going to be 100% perfect every time you go out there that you have to overcome certain things. 100, 100%. You know, there's so much, especially for a pitcher that's out of your control. Uh, there's only so much you can control, and most of it takes place right on that dirt, right in the middle on the, on the mound. Once that ball leaves your hand, there's so much that's out of your control. Uh, you can do everything right, but uh, the results might not might might not dictate that. So <laughs> you you learn pretty on in baseball that you're going to have to deal with adversity, and there's a lot of things that you can't control. And when it is something you can't control, you can't you can't dwell on it. You got to continue just to, to focus on what you can do. And uh, during that time, obviously, I had to wait and be patient and let my body heal. And uh, with the the mono, you know, you lose a lot of strength, you lose weight. Um, you know, so I had to, to come back and, and work as quick as I could, uh, but, but be smart about it to get back to where I was in full strength. And it took a little bit of time for that. But uh, by the end of the season, I was able to do that, uh, which, which helped me as far as getting drafted, too. Describe what it was like playing for Coach Bergman, for those that maybe uh, didn't, you know, never played for him, obviously, or, or you know, didn't know what he was like. He, he was awesome. Um, loved Coach Bergman. Uh, he was almost like a father figure to a lot of us. Um, you know, he, he cared about us more than just what we brought to on the field. Uh, you know, he, he also pushed us on the field 
and, and got the most out of us. And I think that that was one of the reasons why year in and year out we were so competitive is because he, he demanded uh, our best. And when we weren't given it, he let us know. And, uh, but then also he's very compassionate to, to just us being students and, um, you know, pursuing uh, what we love to do. Uh, you know, so you could always, always be in here to listen and, and, and somebody you'd always be able to talk to. And I know you still follow the baseball program. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on the baseball cr- program, how it's growing? We talked about the stadium and the, the, the facilities they have now, but obviously they've gone on to different conferences, had success, made to the NCAA tournaments. And I know uh, you've had a chance to even meet Greg Lovelady, the current head coach. Yeah, yeah I'm in contact with him and actually saw him not too long ago. Uh, and I was actually at the facility and, and got to see the, uh, the expansion. Uh, and it's, it's amazing. I mean, it just, it looks amazing. I saw it when it first went up before they started putting up you know, the upper decks and did the suites and, um, you know, it's come so far in, in such a little time. Uh, it's beautiful. I just sat there when I was looking at the, the stadium, just like, man, this is, this is incredible. You know, just to be able to, uh, be on that field, like in, in college and have that, that kind of atmosphere and just being in that environment is just, uh, just pretty, pretty special. And I know those guys, uh, you know, appreciate everything on the field um, you know, being, being able to, to meet Greg and he's, he's been awesome. Uh, he stays connected with all the alumni, uh, keeps us up to date. He, uh, he, he looks as, as the program as a whole and, and all the people who have come before him and, uh, you know, which is, I feel like is important and he's done that. And so I've been in contact with him and I love to, to hear from him and see how everything's going. Uh, keeps me, definitely keeps me in a loop on what's going out with, uh, UCF baseball. Did you reach out to him or did he reach out to you? Because I know when he arrived and he tried to reach out to a lot of the alumni, and I even remember mm-hmm. before his first game as a head coach at UCF, I think he had a big night where he invited a lot of the alumni to watch the season opener in his first game, including Coach Bergman returning. A lot of the former players were there. Uh, describe how that interaction came, came about with you and Coach Lovelady. Yeah, he, he was the one that was proactive. When he took over the program, he reached out to a lot of the alumni. He let us know that he wanted us to be a part of the program and that just because we weren't playing there anymore and he had no connection with us, he knew that we were connected to UCF baseball and we were all a baseball family. And you know, So he's very proactive in reaching out to the alumni. And, um, he, he continues to, now that he's you know, several years into it, he, he continues to keep us all in a loop, inviting us out. Uh, making us feel like we're welcome at any point. So it has been great. Uh, you know, we all appreciate that as alumni, of course, uh, and it definitely keeps us more involved and, and more uh, into what's going on with the baseball program. Yeah, I can definitely tell, having been around the program the last couple of years, the difference. Uh, I know Jason Arnold goes to a few games now a year. Uh, have you been to a game recently? I know it's a busy schedule with your coaching career, so I don't know if you've had right. a chance. Yeah. Have you had a chance to go? <laughs> It is hard to, hard to go. I did not make it out to the game this year, but I did last okay. year. I made it to a couple. So, uh, you know, I make it out when I can, with, take my kids out there. Um, like I said, I was there just a couple weeks ago. My kids were in the uh, the camp uh, over the summer, the summer camp, the baseball camp. So uh, I was out there for that, got to see it. Um, you know, so try and stay connected uh, and, and, and be a part of it as much as I can, you know, but especially with baseball, you know, my baseball season is the same time at, as is the college season for the most part. So it's really difficult to, to have the time to get out there and, and do things. Um, but definitely, uh, definitely want to, and, and want to get out there more. The one sport that doesn't conflict is football. And, uh, 
I know you follow the football program, and I think you told me even off the air that uh, you were at Atlanta for the Peach Bowl against uh, Auburn. Is that right? Yes, I was. We had the opportunity to go, and we went, and it was it was awesome. We had a blast. I went with my wife, and um, what a, what a great game. Uh, definitely uh, definitely a memorable moment, not just for us, but for the program, and uh, just to be able to be there and be a part of it was really really special. Pretty remarkable. Of course, you know, we talked earlier about what it was like when you arrived at UCF. I mean, they didn't have a football stadium either. They were playing at the old Citrus Bowl. Dante <laughs> yep. Culpepper was a yep. student at the time. To go back, I mean, what was that like, uh, you know, you know, to, to, to see the football program grow, you know, where you arrived, Dante Culpepper was there. They were just a, right now really starting into Division One football to now where they have mm-hmm. their own on-campus stadium and, and go undefeated and is nationally ranked and national title claims and uh, getting national attention like they have? Well, I mean, I, just if, if, you know, being a, a student or be, just being an alumni of, of UCF and know where the program's gone, just not from just a athletic, but even just like it, the, the school, I mean, just how big it's gotten, how beautiful it is. And, and, I mean, it's come so far in such a short, short period of time uh, you know, same thing with all the, the athletics, the athletic programs. You know, football, when you talk about athletics, is, is always number one uh, when you talk about college. Uh, you know, and so they've kind of set the tone for that. And really, have, it's, been, it's been pretty cool to see how they've gone from Division One in such a short period of time to where they are now. Uh, you know, I felt like when Dante was there at the school that really helped and I, I don't you know obviously that was the time that I was there so I'm a little biased to it but I believe that was almost a turning point for the program um, you know it kind of got a catapult to them to where they are now and you know it's been really really neat to, to follow it and, and to see it and you know sometimes frustrating obviously the season a couple years years ago where they didn't win a game and um, you know, the remarkable turnaround and, and two years later to go undefeated you know so there's been ups and downs but but just to see where it's come from the time that I was there to now has been awesome. And, uh, you know, pushing for him to continue that. And I'd love to see him, you know, get even more attention and uh, they're deserving of it for sure. And obviously with the, the national title claims, uh, you know, I'm all for it because uh, just the way it is, it, football is one of those unique sports in college where if you're not one of 25 teams, you don't have a chance before the year starts of winning a national title which is which is crazy UCF couldn't have done anything more than what they did and of course not to have the opportunity to to prove themselves you know it's kind of disappointing it really is and that's one of the things I've always said I always felt that college baseball has the best tournament as far as anybody can win the national title that's been proven Coastal Carolina won the national Mm -hmm. title a couple years ago Fresno State has won the national title uh you've had teams like Stony Brook make the, the 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 college world series and I always felt like college baseball had it right, and football just hasn't really been able to embrace that for a variety of reasons we won't get into. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you could speak to it as being somebody who played. I mean, sure, when you play UCF, you you guys felt like, hey, we can make it to Omaha, and there was nothing that was going to hold us back. It was really in our control, right? 100%. 100%. You can say that about basketball, you yep. know, with the with the, the basketball tournament. You know, everybody has an opportunity to go, and, and has the same opportunity as everyone else. But in football, unfortunately, it's not like that, you know, and obviously there's some challenges they face um, that other sports don't have to, but, you know, it's just, it's just sad that if you're not at a, at a certain score, you go into school knowing you don't have a chance to, to play for a championship, national championships is kind of, that's tough. You know, it's just to know before the season, it kind of, kind of hurts those hopes, but you know, in baseball, we always believed 
when that season started, we were, you know, we wanted our goal was set to go to Omaha and, and go to the college world series and, and win it. So, um, just to be able to have that opportunity and know that that existed was, was definitely, uh, a motivation, uh, right from, you know, the first, first day of practice into the first game all the way throughout the season. How much of the alumni do you do you stay in touch with? Any I know there because there's a lot of I mean people don't realize the great tradition that UCF baseball has with guys, not only you know with the, with they going on to play while at UCF but even beyond. I mean Chad Matola is a hitting coach with the Rays, for example. I mean and it right. goes through across the country. I'm sure you all follow each other, and I don't know how how often do you know each other, but I'm sure there's some guy people that even when you went to school with you still stay in touch with. Oh yeah, for sure, and and you know, just like you said, with, with there's guys in professional baseball that all have, you know, went to UCF and, uh, we've got actually some in our organization. Uh, we got one in the big leagues right now, Dan Winkler, he's, yep. he's pitching for us. And so anytime you have that UCF right next to your name, as far as where you went, you'll have that connection and you're, you're just instantly just connected and, uh, you have something to talk about. And, uh, it's a, definitely a bond that you have. And so anytime you you see somebody that you know that goes to UCF, no matter whether they're a minor league guy or a major league guy or another sport, there's always that bond there. And, uh, you know, you're always following and pulling for each other, which is which is pretty cool. Tell us a little bit about the Fire Frogs uh, here. You got the, still a, a little bit to go here in this your season here. And, and for those that maybe not be aware, here in the Central Florida for the Fire Frogs, second season in the Central Florida area, Braves organization. Just tell us a little bit about them. Well, it's, uh, you know, this is the advanced A league, which is, uh, you have two more leagues before the big leagues, um, in minors, in the minors, there's several different levels. So this is kind of right in the middle. Uh, and I've got a young pitching staff. Uh, I've got some, a lot of talent, some prospects, some guys that, uh, that have what it takes to, to pitch at the major league level. And, uh, I've been fortunate enough just to be able to work with, with them and, and have an opportunity to influence them and, and help them, uh, just, get a little bit better and develop. And, and I'd say that about all my guys this year, uh, you know, we got a month to go, but to this point after uh, the first four months, they're all making strides forward uh, and getting better. So they're going to be ready for hopefully the next level next year, if not before. That, that's got to be fascinating too. Is like, you guys want to win every game, but you also have to develop players, but that's got to be exciting that, you know, in your, you know, you, you, you have a part in helping these young uh, men uh, and achieve a dream and, and, and their future aspirations. Oh, 100%. You know, and it is two parts. It's the, the part, yes, you want to win. We're trying to win, but you also got to develop. And then that comes first because that's what this is about. The minor league is about developing. And so that's first and foremost, that is a priority of making sure these guys are getting better and developing as, as players. And then uh, you're trying to take that and, and mold it all together and put out a winning product. So uh, it changes throughout the year. You get guys that come and go. Uh, just you know, based off of, of when they're ready to move and when they're not. So it's not the same team from day one to the last day of the season. So you get new guys that come in, and, and you get guys that are, that are ready for the next level, and you send them off, and, and, and they go up to the next level, one step closer to the major leagues, and you know, which is always a, a great moment uh, to be able to see them get one step closer. Uh, you know, so it's constant work uh, with, with different guys, with, with new guys coming in and, and guys that have been here. And so it's – it's each each and every day, you know, you go out there and you try and get them, get them better. You know, they're telling themselves every day, how can I get myself better? Well, as a coach, you know, what I'm saying is how can I get each guy a little bit better? What can I do to help them get better uh, each and every day? So that's kind of the, the whole process. And, you know, for five months during the, the summer, that's what I'm doing. 
Well, it's a cool cool deal, and, and for those that, that want to know more, go to FloridaFirefrogs.com. They play their home games at Osceola County Stadium. It's a great atmosphere there, and uh, I'm sure uh, Coach Maroth will appreciate if you go out there to ch- you know yell out a little charge on or go Knights, right? I mean, that, there you go. Just no, no, nothing wrong 100%. with that. 100%. Oh, yeah, and I've had a few. I've had a few oh. uh, people that uh, end up uh, figuring that out. Like I said, it's that bond, that UCF bond. So, uh, of course, I'd love to, love to see that. Uh, no problem. Uh, Coach, appreciate you taking the time from your busy schedule during the season, but it was great to catch up with you and uh, to talk to you. I know a lot of fans, UCF fans, have always uh, been following your career and have always all you know wanted it. And we always get requests of people like they want to have on the program, and your name has been popped up. So it was awesome that oh, we cool. get to do this. And uh, good luck the rest of the way, and uh, we'll be in touch and uh, you know have fun, and we'll hope to see you out there. Sounds great. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks to Mike Maroth for joining us for our exclusive interview here on the Black Ago Banneret podcast. Awesome. Of course, you can follow uh, the Florida Firefrogs at FloridaFirefrogs.com. Of course, they're on Twitter. Uh, minor League Baseball there, but Mike Maroth. Cool to hear that, Jeff. I mean, that was kind of fun to – I mean, it's amazing. Think about that. Mike Maroth, we talked about – he was there when Dante Culpepper was there. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought that was cool to get his perspective on how the university has grown – you know, when he arrived, he talked about how, you know, there wasn't all these facilities on campus that there is now and how it's grown. And we kind of forget that and how that was just 20 young years ago. And, and re- really excited to hear from him. He's still a big fan. He was at the Peach Bowl, as you heard. And, you know, he brought up the fact that, you know, I mean, college baseball, you know, everybody can play for the national championship. And, every, you know, and I think that's that was the, the mindset even back then with Jay Bergman at UCF. They were thinking Omaha and you yeah. can. There's nothing that could stop you in baseball. Well, look at, uh, look at now. Football. You had like, you had, I mean, what you had College of Charleston win the College World Series a couple years Coastal ago. Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. I'm sorry. Yeah. Coastal title. Carolina. Yeah. You had Fresno State. Fresno won the national title back. against Georgia. Yeah. Yep. And, so and, and in baseball, Stony just, Brook, Stony Brook, got to the right. women's college, got to the college world series. Yeah. So, I mean, you can, I mean, that's the thing I tell people is that baseball is the one sport where year in and year out, aside from, um, aside from, aside from the cheerleading team, which has won two national championships, the year in and year out, the best base, um, you know, chance to win the national championship any given year lies with UCF baseball for that reason. And they have a tradition, and it was great to hear him talk about – he knows Greg Lovelady. Greg Lovelady reached out to him when he first arrived at UCF. I wasn't surprised. I had heard mm-hmm. when Greg Lovelady first arrived, he reached out to the alumni. And he, and he would know, coming from the Miami University of Miami background, how tradition is important. And you could, you could just sense it in Mike's voice there talking about Greg. He believes in Greg Lovelady. He believes in uh, – his alumni, he's been out there, not, doesn't get to go there as often because of his commitments with his coaching and baseball. But uh, I think that's a big plus to Greg Lovelady that maybe doesn't get talked about. I think he's done a heck of a job kind of bringing back a lot of those baseball alums, especially from the Bergman era, to kind of bring him back and interested again in the program because I think that kind of went away for a little while. Yeah, I, I remember when the whole thing went down with Jay that there was kind of a, a flattening out of things. But – you know, I've I've always been a fan of any program reaching out to the alumni as much as they possibly can. I think that it's something that I'd like to see all programs become. I think a little bit more consistent on. There are some programs that I think do a really really good job of it. Women's soccer, I know, does a pretty good job. Volleyball has done a very good job of it. 
softball has done a very good job of it. I know you've helped out a lot with that. And to see baseball and, and you know, football, and we're seeing a little bit more with basketball too kind of get going on that. I think I, I think that would be um, – that's – that's such a help to the program, especially with the players now, because no question. UCF is such a young university. I mean, we don't have like, you know, the, you know, the old films with the leather helmets and all that kind of stuff, but we, but UCF is building a pretty good tradition. And I think if you take that tradition seriously, you can say, well, we have, we're not that old, but we've built something here. That's really important to people. And, and, and we care about long after we're gone, I think that's a tremendous, tremendous advantage for UCF to tell people that hey, we're not some, uh, we're not some flash in the pan. We've actually been around a while. We got a pretty good tradition to brag about ourselves. I really no, I agree with that, and I think some we got to remember that. I know we always looks towards the future and to make this or that, but you know, they've done some pretty good things to put the current programs in a certain position to be successful, and yeah. I think that's a plus, and it's been good. I mean, I saw Jason Arnold uh, was at went to some of the UCF games this past year. Uh, he's actually in town. Actually, we we might be getting Jason here in the next couple of weeks. Cool. Uh, he's got a new head coaching job that he wants to talk about. So I've been in touch with him. We're just kind of working out uh, the schedule a little bit to make it work. He's been in some family time before he gets into <laughs> coaching in his new gig. But mm-hmm. uh, that's cool. It's always great to see former players come back to their respective programs and uh, show support. And I think that's that's I have heard that from many different players, former players, that they have embraced, obviously, Greg Lovelady, and I think they have, are in, engaged in where the program's at. And you heard Mike's thoughts on that. And it's great to hear Mike's thoughts and still passionate about the program and kind of fun, too, to talk about his career because uh, he almost didn't come here. He, I mean, almost as he talked about in the interview and how he was used between a starter and a bullpen and he had overcome an injury and you know, be, you know, to go become a third round pick. I mean, it was a great talk. We'll probably get him on again. I didn't get a chance to ask him because uh, we, we hit so many topics. I didn't even get, we didn't get a chance to talk about how he played with Justin Verlander. Yeah. Who uh, done pretty well, but yeah, yeah I Justin think Verlander he, at the time too, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, he's got a hell of a story and you know, he's obviously got a big responsibility with the fire frogs. Cause as he talked about in the interview, it's not just about, it's not really about necessarily just about winning games up there. It's about developing guys and helping them get to a comp to their dream job, their goal, which is the big leagues. And uh, who better than a Mike Marath who's experienced all of it uh, is fascinating. So I really enjoyed kind of what, you know, that journey and wondering why he got into coaching. Cause that was always something I was interested in. And, and hopefully I think UCF fans, especially diehard baseball fans uh, will enjoy that and enjoyed that ha- hearing from Mike. Cause I don't know when it was, I don't know how many people have heard from Mike yeah. uh, in a while. So I think, you know, that's one of the things we try to kind of pride ourselves doing here at the Banneret is we kind of try to uh, bring back some of the, the alums to kind of see what how they're doing. You know, we had uh, different from different uh, sports. We've kind of pride ourselves on that. And it was good to add Mike to that list. Cool. So I wanted to thank uh, Mike for his time and his generosity. And we also want to thank the folks at the Fire Frogs, yep. too, for doing that, too. I mean, those guys never get enough love. And you can check out the Fire Frogs at Florida Fire Frogs. Dot com. They're the Class Single A Advanced Affiliate of the Atlanta Braves, uh, and they play their games down in uh, Kissimmee. Is it, is it the same place where the Astros used to play? Uh, play uh, used Correct. To Osceola training, right? Stadium. Osceola I believe Stadium. it's Osceola Stadium. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see it's them around. In They're on this. Twitter. You can also follow them on Twitter at FireFrogsBB. FireFrogsBB. And they, uh, interestingly enough, they play um, – 
in the uh, Florida State League uh, with a bunch of other teams that are actually from not not far around. Like, for example, the Daytona Tortugas, who play up at Jackie Robinson Ballpark, where uh, Bethune-Cookman plays. We've been there many times before. Um, the Tampa Tarpons, who were the Yankees affiliate, uh, and uh, and the Lakeland Flying Tigers. So, uh, And the Clearwater Threshers, of course, as well. So uh, be sure to follow them again. Uh, Florida Fire Frogs dot com for all the latest on the fire frogs all right Eli, let's wrap this thing up uh thanks again for uh for for the legwork on this man this was a good one yeah it was fun it was really cool to talk to mike and uh and check out black and gold banner i also got my story up shelby turnier you mentioned at the beginning there i uh, wrote a story shelby congrats to her her bandits are going to be playing for the npf championship in two in a couple of weeks at rosemont mm-hmm. that's the five series against u triple s a pride Shelby's trying to win her second NPF championship. She's in the mix to uh, maybe win pitcher of the year and all NPF honors in that league, which no UCF softball player has ever done before. So I write about that and how I think maybe Shelby's trying to uh, make a case to be the greatest softball player to ever come out of UCF and maybe the second greatest female athlete in the history of UCF athletics. That's good stuff. I was checking a look at that earlier, and that's uh, excellent stuff that you can find at blackandgoldbanneret.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blackandgoldbanneret and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore banneret. You can follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. Follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo and follow Brian Murphy at Spokes underscore Murphy and Derek Warden underscore DS Warden on Twitter uh, as well. Subscribe to us if you don't already and leave a rating, by the way, on Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play. Eric, thanks again, brother. I'll talk to you soon. It's always a blast, my friend. And thanks to you for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast Summer Sessions. We'll catch you later on with some more interviews with UCF alumni and newsmakers once again down the road. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Podcast.